Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the FlexFox Fantasy Baseball Weekly Podcast, The Weekly Show. I am, as always, your host, Garth Newton, coming to you live from my beautiful attic here in wonderful downtown New Hamburg, Ontario. And with me, as always, is my venerated co-host, Jeremiah the WizKid Johnson. How's it going, Jeremiah? Uh, you know what? That vocabulary is exquisite. I would not have used venerated to describe myself, so thank you. I like how you use the word exquisite to describe the vocabulary as if I'm someone that's supposed to be impressed here. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with you, okay? All right. Well, sometimes that can be easy, but other times it can be hard. And for example, tonight, you don't have to just keep up with me. You also need to keep up with our special guest, the current leader in the clubhouse, Ryan Neeson. How's it going, Ryan? Hey guys, things are going good. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be on the uh, the podcast. Are you going to do it any justice? I hope so. I know it's a, a long tradition of the podcast going on, and uh, I think I've been on it quite a few times. But this is going to be the best one yet, I think. Okay, I'm just hoping that you don't just fanboy all over us here. I know you're now talking to celebrity, and your uh, 15 minutes of fame will probably be extended out to about an hour and a half, knowing us. So uh, try to keep it under wraps, okay? Sounds good. I'll do my best. All right. Well, welcome. It's great to have you here as we are about to recap week five. We are now at just past the quarter mark. Uh, time for perhaps some reflection, so for some retrospection. Time to figure out if people are actually on the right path. And actually, I'm going to start tonight's official elements with a couple of questions and I, i've sort of asked jeremiah this a little bit in the past so we're going to start with the guest on this one ryan mm -hmm. i'm wondering could you tell me tell us tell the adoring fan base what the biggest story of the first five weeks is to you i think jeremiah's not going to like this but i think it's definitely him selling off he came into the season top three team uh stack of veterans and he's completely sold his team off for prospects and uh, yeah, he has a good young team, but I don't think anyone expected him to be one and four and have the team he does now. So uh, and maybe it happens every year, so it shouldn't be that surprising, but I think that's probably the biggest story so far. Interesting. Jeremiah, a rebuttal? <laughs> a rebuttal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of like hidden shots in there. I think that's probably true. I think I, think I probably do a lot of drastic swings uh, in my team building every year, uh, but I feel like I do have a direction now. Um, I guess it depends on your evaluation of my team coming into the year. And I'm flattered that Ryan thinks I was a top team. Uh, my team was certainly not performing as such. Fair enough. So, Jeremiah, then what would you say is your biggest story of the quarter mark? I don't know. Have I answered this question before? I don't remember what I've said in the past. But I think if you ask me right now, it's still the teams at the top that are still surprising me. Uh, it's the way the league overall looks, right, from a macro level perspective. A lot of new talent at the top. I think it's the top story. Okay. All right. Well then let's, let's put it on the other side of the, of the same coin. Then we'll start with you, Jeremiah. Who's been the biggest underperformer of the year? Hmm. Well, you know, I want to say Nick, cause like he's our champion and he's terrible, but like I expected nothing more from Nick. So I'm going to put that off to the side. Um, you know, like somebody who's been underperforming who I had personally higher expectations for, it was actually flex. Now maybe that was, that was stupid. And I think Flex will probably tell you that was stupid. Um, but I put him in a collection of teams where I'm like, man, I think they could be doing better. And I think Ash is in that group. Uh, I think Chow, though, has got to be the biggest disappointment of the year so far. Because mm. I had him 
number two behind Ryan. Uh, right. He's certainly not played out that way so far for him. Indeed. Ryan, same question. It's a tough call this early, but yeah, I would probably have to go with Chow as well. I thought he had probably the second best team. I think last year he beat me in total points. So kind of coming in to this year, I thought he was my biggest challenge. And even like before this week started or last week started, sorry, I, uh, I always thought he was kind of the guy that would, you know, try and break my undefeated streak and uh, wasn't that much of a matchup. So I, I think he can still come back. He has uh, a good team still. I think some injuries kind of, screwed him early but uh i know he's a good manager too so i'm not i'm not too concerned with him but definitely the biggest disappointment so far well gentlemen had i handed you a script on how i thought this was going to go both of you would have basically highlighted exactly that because we're now going to jump right into the week five reviews and what better segue than having the mad king himself talk about how disappointed he is in chow's size matters team than to highlight that the top scoring team of the week was the mad king and he did it in defeating size matters with a one sorry with a 355.9 to 176.5 drubbing and nearly 180 points separation between the two so we've just talked about how disappointed you both are in chow what do you want to talk about in, as far as this matchup's concerned oh well let's let the mad king talk about about it from his perspective and then I'll chime in because we don't usually have guests on the show Okay, I'll go first then. Uh, honestly, I, I my team stepped it up. My team knew it was a big week. It was an important matchup for me. And uh, you know, I put up a nice 355.9 points. Uh, I was kind of waiting for Chow to get going and, you know, make it close. But it uh, never, really, never really materialized. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's super early. These matchups uh, don't matter as much as the ones maybe later in the season. So I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn too much. But it was, it was definitely a good week for me. Uh, I was happy with my pitching doing well, my bats uh, doing quite well as well. So my team was really nice, basically working in unison. But uh, with Chow, you know, his, he has to be better if he wants to be a top team in the league and make the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to happen. But, you know, with, with that kind of point total, it's it's hard to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah? So I think there's two points here I want to make. And, and while Ryan's on the show, I think he deserves – uh, the accolades, and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. Uh, Jonathan India has been fantastic. I am a known Jonathan India hater <clears throat> who did not believe in him coming into the season, but he's been awesome. Uh, but I think the story of this matchup has got to be the side of beast or famine for Chow, right? And that's the idea that Chow has good players, but outside of, say, like a half dozen elite, elite talents, we're looking at almost replacement level players, especially on the bats side of things, right? And so I think where you have with Ryan is you have depth down the lineup. You have guys that are put, consistently putting up 20 or 30 points a week. And yeah, Chow's got a couple of those guys. But he's got a lot of guys that are putting up negative point totals or single digit point totals. And that's just not going to get the job done. Yeah, it's hard to argue. So with this win, Ryan, your team moves to 5-0. and oh, Yet another undefeated start of the season mirroring what happened last year. Are you going to go ahead and call your own doom early? Or do you think you can take it the whole way this year? You know, I, I got into the last week of the season last year undefeated. So I think I have to beat that this year. So the only thing I can do is go undefeated the rest of the season. So that's the goal right now. And it's even better that it changes division. So I got to smack every single person in the league on my way there. All right. Well, here's hoping for your sake that you don't become the Boston Bruins of 2023. Uh, you know, let's have the best record that has ever been put and lose in the first round. Mm. <laughs> 
that's always the that's always the always the concern. Even last year, I was like, I hope I don't go undefeated and then lose in the first round. Instead, I lost the first match. I said the last matchup of the season, and then lost in the first round. So it's true. I don't yeah. think that was much. I don't think that was much better. But you know, I guess I could only go up from there. Well, here on this podcast, we're more than happy to add insult to injury where we can. So uh, we'll all keep watch to see if your 5-0 and start, which right now is good for first overall, um, will continue on. And it's worth mentioning that Chow, in his very disappointing season so far, has been 12th best uh, so far with a 2-3 and three record, which is kind of incredible. But moving on to the next matchup then, um, there's, for me... The biggest story of the first five weeks. We have a five and O oh, stubby clap clappers who's 249.8 to 191 victory over the former first place Stadelmon stars. This is incredible. Who, who, who could have called Garth McInnes as a five and O oh team in any season, let alone the last of two undefeated, undefeated teams this far in Jeremiah. Well, I feel like we're in an alternate reality here because I I don't think I, anybody would have ever predicted this. And if they tell you they have or they would, they're lying to you. Um, but it's like how he's getting it done. Like the pitching this week has been uh, extremely effective. And I think the difference with, with uh, Garth McInnes here from week over week, year over year, is that he's getting performances from both sides of the ball, right? So one week it's the pitching. I know we've talked about hitting with him in the past. Uh, and 250 in this environment is nothing to sneeze at. So I think it's really impressive what he's doing. I'm buying in. I think he's legit. And I think he is going to be a playoff force this year. Uh, I know it's early, quarter of the season, Mark, but let's pencil him into a playoff spot because I, I think we talked about this last week. I think he's well yeah. on his way. Yeah, and I mean, the math definitely works in his favor. Now, we could have said the same thing about Ian, who started strong but has now dropped a couple of this one worse than last week, if, if we're being fair. And, and he's now three and two, sliding down to sixth. Ryan, what have you got to say about Stads this week? Yeah, it was a, it was a rough matchup for him and obviously sub 200 points. But I, I think his team is the best Ian we've ever seen in this league. And uh, I, I'm not too concerned. Obviously, he lost to an undefeated team uh, last week, but it, it should not deter him. He has a really strong team. Obviously, he has Vladi, Otani, and then uh, Semyon's quality second baseman uh he just has to keep going i, I think he's gonna be a easy playoff team and uh i think he has the third highest point total in the league at the moment so it's 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 not something to worry about just yet i think he's still one of the best teams fair enough i mean we'll have to see falling falling to two back-to-back uh losses like this though i mean you're you're playing against undefeated teams which means you're playing against the top of the shop and if you can't pull it out against those teams Playoffs are going to feel very, very difficult when you get there. All right. Well, let's keep moving then because we're going to move on to another incredibly high-leveled matchup as we had the number three going against the number four. Uh, and it was actually the fourth-place team, the Midland Raccoons, who come out on top with a 241.4 to 219.3 victory over the big, beefy baseball boys. Graham is now four and one, having just lost his undefeated season, and the raccoons are up to four and one. So we got a bit of a tight race here. Ryan, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, that, that's two teams that I'm so happy are doing well this year. Uh, they've kind of been non-playoff teams for most of their, I guess, careers in the Flex Fox Fantasy Federation. So it, it's it's nice to see new blood doing well in this league. 
with the Midland Raccoons, Yoshida was a, obviously a tremendous pick. They've developed good players, Bobby Wood Jr. Um, I know they got uh, Verdugo a few years ago on a trade. So like, they've been kind of brewing their team for the last few years. And this year is just finally clicking and they're having a, a very good start to the season. And, and same with Graham. I know he's been working on basically the players he has now. He's been trading for for the last few years, kind of just, you know, being a middle of the pack team. And he's finally showing what all that hard work put in is doing for his team. And uh, both of them are going to be forces this year. It was a close enough matchup. I know Graham was hoping to stay undefeated and uh, you know, but uh, Hey, went for four and oh, solid start to the season. He's only four and one now and he has a good team. So again, nothing to be concerned about on his end. Jeremiah losing to uh, a, a team beneath you in the standings at the very least coming in. Do you think this is demoralizing for Graham or do you think he's still got a shot? I mean, a shot at what, right? Like a shot at playoffs? Sure. Yeah, I think both these teams do. Um, not to, to harp on the raccoons too much, but this is kind of who I was put, penciling in when I made my comment that the, the new blood at the top, like to me, it's very shocking. Almost as shocking as uh, Garth McInnes that they're up there. Um, but if I'm Graham, you know, I'm not really deterred by this. Not really. I think this is about as good of a start for the first five. Seasons. He could expect. And I think if you asked him, if he'd take four one coming into the year through five weeks, he would, he would absolutely take that. So... Just carry that momentum forward. Well, he certainly has got the pitching staff to at least stay competitive. It may not be the tops in the leagues, but at the very least, it's got enough enough names with enough caliber in it to be able to maybe pull something out. All right. Well, we'll see how that keeps going, going forward. And let's move on now to our fifth place team, uh, which had a fairly easy time handling the now 13th place uh, star boys, but the fourth quarter Jimmy Butler team under Tillo uh, puts up a 233.4 to a 178.3 victory over Ben. Ben, for what it's worth, is my uh, behind Chow, let's be fair. But he's, he's been the mo- the one I've been most disappointed in this year. I expected a lot more out of him. And this is another loss that really, really makes that faith hard to follow. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? Man, I, I don't want to overreact to this, but Ben's in trouble, man. I, I really do think that. Um, his team can't stay healthy. He's getting some performances from guys that – you wouldn't necessarily expect like Sean Murphy, although he has, uh, yeah, he's cooled off a little bit, but he's been fantastic for Ben. Um, but like the roster just doesn't seem to have that. I want to say it factor, but it doesn't definitely doesn't have depth, right? Like he's missing some pieces, especially center field. That's a gaping hole for him that he's been trying to fill and his pitchers, uh, Max Breed can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy Alcantara has taken a step back. And then once you move beyond that, you're relying on kind of some older, uh, more injured arms, right? I think he had Adam Wainwright for a while. I don't know if he still does. He might be injured. Might be back. I forget. But he's relying on a lot of unproven names, to be honest with you. Uh, And it's concerning, right? Like, I think this is showing what a lack of depth Ben truly has. All right. Fair enough. And, And Ryan, from your side, let's talk for a second about Another strong start of the season from uh, from Tillo, now four and one, sitting fifth overall. Yeah, I think Tillo's a top team every single year, and he's kind of the anti Jeremiah. He doesn't really make a whole lot of trades, but he still has a really good team. And I was looking at his point totals from last uh, last week. Like Max Scherzer had negative points. I think uh, before the season started, Jose Miranda was also like a pretty good sleeper, and he's at zero point five points per game. So I think Tillo has room to grow. This is not his final form. 
I would say. Um, he, he is deep. He has good players, and some guys aren't performing. So I think 233 is probably not as high as you want to get, but another solid solid start to the season for him, and I'll be seeing him in the playoffs for sure. Does anyone feel that Ben has a shot at sneaking into the top eight? Yeah, I think yeah, – Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, he's it's very early, right? Like, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the season. If Ben goes, you know, uh, there's 15 matchups left. If Ben goes, like – 10 and 10 and five or nine and six. He's probably there. Yeah, I think I agree. His, his team is too strong to, to not be at least pushing for the playoffs. And I was looking now like jazz Chisholm had negative 7.5 points. I think he, I think Ben would agree. He's been a massive letdown for, uh, for his team. But other than that, his star players seem to be performing. I think that a kind of a, trade for depth might be uh, in the future for Ben and I'm curious to see what he does to try and right the ship. Well, as has been pointed out a couple times, we're at the one quarter mark. So there's still three quarters of the regular season left to go. And then the playoffs after that. So there is time if a move is going to be made, but he may want to start thinking about making that move sooner than later. And with that, we're going to move on to the next matchup where we've got the unfortunate Matt, pairing of the seventh place team going against the dead last 20th place team. And I'll point out that 20th place team barely broke 100 this week. Aiden and the director just soared over Kaminsky's Illuminati team with a near 100 point victory, despite Aiden barely breaking 200 himself. 207.9 to 109.8 was the totals here. Jeremiah, what in the world is Kaminsky doing? I don't know. He's like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic is probably my best my best analogy. I mean, he's moving some guys in and out, but the results just aren't there. Maybe it's the time zone difference. I don't know. But I don't know what it would be like to just like be last this early and like have no hope. But that's where we're at with Mike. I, I don't think he's getting out of the base. I don't even think he wins a matchup in the base. Uh, it's it's bleak times uh, for the Illuminati, I think, for sure. Let's uh, let's pile on the Illuminati a little bit more, because, Ryan, Kaminsky used to be one of the top teams in this league. I know, having been in that division with him for, for years, uh, he was always a team that I was afraid of in a matchup. And now I find myself just hoping I could face him every week. What are you thinking? Yeah, it, it's quite disappointing to see how his team, I guess, has... Um, <clears throat> become like this since he won the championship a few years ago. He had a solid team. I think he obviously sold off for pennies on the dollar for some reason, but uh, again, there's not a whole lot to say about his team because not a whole lot on his team that's really worth talking about. Uh, he has some good, decent young players, uh, not really strong pitching. I'm not sure where he goes from here. I think it's going to take him many, many years to build up from this team to uh, be competitive. So you know, if, if Mike wanted to take a few years off and chill in Poland, this is probably what he would have done, and this is what he did, so not much to say about it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, on the other side, Aiden has been making a, little, a couple moves, and actually one of his call-ups, uh, James Outman, has uh, he put up a pretty reasonable point total this week. Jeremiah, you're big on the youth this year. What are your thoughts on Outman? You know, it's funny. He was actually performing a lot better before Aiden called him up. I, I don't know True. if that was a jinx or, or whatnot. Uh, so he's cooled off a little bit. I like Outman. I don't love the team he plays for. Uh, the Dodgers like to mix and match. Righty-lefty a lot. 
So he will sit sometimes, uh, perhaps when he shouldn't. Uh, but that's a bit less of a problem now that the Dodgers are kind of injury-ridden. I like him. I think he's a solid prospect. I think he's a player that you're going to want to keep on your team, but I don't think he's a superstar personally. Okay, fair enough. And Ryan, is there anyone on Aiden's team that you would call a superstar, somebody that would find a player that is going to carry him through the rest of this long season? I almost feel like his team is made up of just solid players. I think maybe Aaron Otto would have been considered that last year, uh, mm. but he's been rather poor this year. But I, one thing I want to mention with Aiden is his extremely strong starting pitching. He is eight deep of guys who are around 10 points per game or higher. To have to face that any week is a challenge. And uh, he's, he's built quite the strong pitching staff. I don't think any of them are, are superstars like top 10, maybe Gosson's top 15, but it's a strong staff. And uh, he's not even relying on streaming to kick your butt with eight good starters. So I, I think obviously calling up Outman was a good uh, good call on his part. But yeah, it's just a solid team. Uh, maybe lacks like a top five player, top 10 player. But when you have a deep team like his, you can get away with not having that superstar that kind of can win you the matchup. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how his team performs the rest of the way. Just to push back on this before you, before you chime in, like I, I actually think Zach Gallon is a top 10 pitcher. Mm. Uh, number one in points overall. Had a horrible start last week. It's still number one overall, averaging 17 points per start. I mean, to me, that's top 10. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, argue. And if you look at the deeper stats on Gallon specifically, the numbers that he's putting up are well supported. The underlying stats are there. He is amongst the league leaders in the CSW, which is your called strike plus whiff rate, uh, which is loosely, and, and I'm seeing a lot of it this year, but it's loosely being sort of hailed as the, the stat that identifies whether or not the stuff a pitcher has translates into, you know, game mechanics in, in a meaningful way. Um, and being high on that list, you're you're up there with the likes of DeGrom and with Otani and with Spencer Strider. It's very impressive. It's it's 100 percent backed up. And it's not the first time he's done it. He had a, a season that looked a lot like this. I want to say three years ago um, before an injury that uh, that set him back for a little bit. So it's, it's well supported. I'd have to agree. No, I agree. All right. Well, now that we're all in agreement, let's advance to the next matchup where we get to see two old redacted foes facing off against one another. The sixth place Bash, Brus Bash Brothers, excuse me, uh, facing off against Club Atletico de Flex, uh, who have fallen now to one four, one and four and 15th overall with this loss. 257.5 to 179.1. Flex going backwards. RKR putting up one of his big weeks that you can only really expect against former division rivals. Ryan thoughts. It, it was definitely a, a hard fought matchup for uh, Adam. He obviously lost, but I think one benefit uh, you can take from this week is the performance of Riley green. He's really been stepping it up the last few weeks. And uh, I know he's very high on him and he kind of started the season off pretty poorly, but he put up 21 points. Um, besides that, he has a, Solid young team. I think he's uh, very, very close to being a competitive team. He has a solid prospect pool. And uh, obviously this week, this year, I should say, he's going to take his lumps. But in, in a few years, that young team is going to be be quite good. Uh, with RKR, I think the big, big, biggest part of his season is the performance of Cody Bellinger. I don't think anyone saw this level of performance coming. I, I was 
ready to write him off completely. And uh, he's been driving basically his point total for every single week, putting up consistently 20, 30, 40 points. And with that kind of performance, he's he's going to win a lot of matchups. So uh, I'm excited to see how RKR does. But that, that was a, a, a big pickup for him early on in the season. Well, another pickup that RKR has made is he uh, he grabbed Anthony Rendon off the trash heap of the waiver wire. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. Jeremiah, even you asked me why I dropped him. Does this validate your opinion from then? <laughs> I was actually going to ask you uh, how upset <laughs> you were that he was like one of the leading scorers. But then I was going to say, what's more offensive, the Bellinger performance or the Rendon performance? Clearly, we both cannot evaluate talent properly. Um yeah, I mean, I kind of echo everything that Ryan's been saying. I, I do think RKR is actually stepping it up as a manager as well. I, I don't know if you guys ever, like, watch the transactions. I get bored at work, so that's what I do. And I watch him pick up streamers now in a way that he never used to. Uh, JP France is a great example of that. Yep. And he seems to be a lot more active. So kudos to him for stepping up his managerial game, and I think it's paying off uh, as well as these performances. And lastly, on Flex, who you had called out as being one of your disappointments earlier, does this result change that opinion or reinforce it a bit more? Well, I think this yeah. is probably like, yeah, this is probably where Flex belongs. Let's let's be real here. Uh, he's still a work in progress, as Ryan said. He's probably a couple of years away from contention. I was bullish on him to begin the year. I fully admit that. Um, but clearly I was wrong. And uh, he's falling into the uh, vase discussion which is probably about where he should be and where he definitely was last year yeah fair enough sometimes it's it's hard to fall from from some of the heights but uh maybe we are seeing rkr climb up but you know my position it's uh i'll believe it when i see it with regularity and i don't think rkr is there quite yet but another person or another team if you will that is also similarly inconsistent but managed to pull out a very tight win this week is the matchup between chris's uh, mummy's good boys going up against jamil and the Husan alliance a 3.9 point victory uh puts chris 191.9 over jamil's 188.0 chris is now a three and two team Jamil falls to one and four. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? I feel like these records should be reversed, right? Like, I feel like Jamil should be three and two, and, and Chris should be one and four, but that's not where we're at. Um, so for Jamil, that, that's pretty troubling. As somebody who I know is always contending, uh, trying to win a championship, this is not the start that he probably wanted. And I think a large part of that is his bats haven't been great. Uh, I mean, this week they put up 93 points, and it was – you know, it was okay, but it's nothing to write home about. And you need one of your pitching or your hitting to really carry you, and preferably both. But he doesn't really have either firing right now. Uh, I, f I feel like the theme with these bad teams is just a lack of depth, right? A lack of quality talent and a lack of depth. And Jamil is suffering from a lack of depth for sure. Um, when you look at his bats, I mean, yeah, okay, he got 33 points from Salvador Perez, but his next highest point total was 12, and there's a lot of single-digit performances in there. Yeah, and so on the other side, we got Chris putting up, getting big numbers from uh, from Freeman, uh, Tiago Estrada as well. Ryan, do you think this is enough to to take him to that next step, to maybe even break into that top eight? I think anything is possible. I'm just uh, looking over his team now. I, I think the biggest thing for Chris, if he wants to be a playoff team, is to get more involved with trading. I don't think he's made a single player-for-player player trade 
in the last few years. Uh, good performance, but obviously he only put up 191. I think if you get a win at 191 points, it's probably lucky rather than good. But, um, yeah, Freddie Freeman, obviously, that's been a staple of his team for the last five, four or five years. And uh, he got good performances from some other players on his team. But in terms of, like, the the upside, I, I feel like this is a team that would not put up, let's say, 250 points on the regular. So, it, you know, it, the biggest thing is in this league is, is luck and, and squeaking out kind of wins like this when maybe you don't have your best week and he was able to pull it off. So uh, kudos to him. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, right now sitting in ninth, he's right just on the outside looking in. So he's clearly putting up quite the season so far. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not he can sort of get into that 220, 230, maybe even 240 with regularity to uh, to make himself more competitive uh, going forward. But somewhat, somehow what has not been lacking a competitive nature uh, is one chaos reigns supreme as we move on to this next matchup. And we will get, we will let you talk Jeremiah, but I'm going to talk to Ryan first. So just hold on. We'll be with you in a moment, but let's call it. Let's call out the goodness. When we see it, chaos reigns supreme three seventeen point eight slaughters, the squirtle squad one seventy eight point nine. I imagine if you guys are anything like me, it always feels good to get one over on the Squirtle Squad. Ryan, what are you thought? What are your thoughts on a blowout of this magnitude? Honestly, in my time in the league, nothing's made me feel better than beating uh, Cam and Jatish. So I-, I can't lie, this must feel amazing for Jeremiah. He sold off his whole team, and he just has like basically every young guy added from the waiver wire perform amazing, and uh, yeah, truly a-, a-, a massive blowout. And I, I got to say. Bryce Miller came out of nowhere. I guess he was, you know, a decent prospect, good prospect, but uh, he's performed amazing. He had a two-star week, really put up the big points, 42 points combined. And uh, I think getting uh, Bryce Elder off the waiver wire too was a, was a massive ad. So, hey, Jeremiah might have sold off his team, but, you know, he's still putting up the big point totals. He's still a good manager. He still does a lot of scouting. So, you know, maybe he can uh, come back and surprise people this year, but uh yeah, definitely a, a massive, massive matchup. And I think even for the Squirtle Squad, that was a big game, a big matchup they had to win to stay competitive in the standings. And uh, to take an L like this, they got to start kind of, you know, looking behind their back and seeing all these teams that are three and two or two and three that want to catch up and take their spot. Yeah, very interesting. And and it's worth pointing out that this big point total Actually, Nets Jeremiah, his first win of the season, where we're given all this high accolade, and yet he has a strong 1-4-0 sitting 16th as the last place team in the Vase, or sorry, in, in Europa right now. Um, obviously, Jeremiah did not have the, the strength of faith in his own team, uh, as the results would point out, because truth is, he didn't pick his team to win this week, because we've got those stats. Jeremiah... Did you think you could do this, really? I mean, I think deep down I can do it any week. I mean, I don't think it's the most likely scenario. Uh, but you know what? Like, it, it, it feels good, especially after getting fined uh, by league management for alerting them to an illegal <laughs> roster. Uh, it definitely feels good. I mean, I did their job for them, and they still fined me. So that's very interesting. Um, and then to add a catcher, who was not going to put up any points. Like my understanding of the rule, and I I can be wrong in this, is that if I'm going to take a bullet of punishment, I'm allowed to pick or at least make a suggestion who the player they add is. And I did that. I made a suggestion on a catcher. I was looking for them to give me it. 
whatever. If they don't give me that catcher, that's fine. But why give me a catcher that puts up zero points, right? And then on top of that, they just happened to be facing me. I mean, it didn't matter. They say the punishment was light. I'll take their word for it. But it feels great to put down the hammer and really show them what happens when you find me. And uh, you know what? Like any week, man, any week this can happen to anybody. And uh, hey, you want to face? I might be last in Europa, but who wants to face me in round one? Well, I mean, right now you'd be facing Chris in that first round matchup, and oh. I can only imagine the trash talking that would, would happen that. with that. And so, with Jeremiah at the bottom of Europa and Squirtle right at the top, Ryan, who's got the best shot at a top eight finish this year of those two? Out of Jeremiah and and the squad, Cam. yeah. I think I think Cam is too good of a manager to not make the playoffs. Okay. So I would have to go with him. I think his team is solid. I I don't know. Like he always has a good team. They kind of have their weird weeks where they don't perform as good as they, they probably should. But uh, Cam always manages to pull it off and, and look like a genius. So I'm sure he's already working on like 10 different trades to, uh, to get better where I don't think Jeremiah's really has that kind of motivation right now. So yeah, I, I think, I think they pull it off again. Like they always do. Okay, Jeremiah, heat check. Same question. <laughs> Who's got a better likelihood of getting there? You or the Squirtle Squad? Well, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I, I think they do. Uh, they have such an advantage right now in record. It would be very difficult for me to, to leapfrog them, I think, even with the amount of runway we have left. And like Ryan said, that's not really my goal at this point. I think uh, trying to finish top of the vase or top of Europa would be, would be on the mind. All right, fair enough. Well, then let's go ahead and advance into the penultimate matchup which i'll remind jeremiah means the second yeah. last because uh, okay. we've had some problems with that in the past uh actually featuring uh myself a potential europa competitor for our friend jeremiah here uh but my team a measure of force put up a 242.4 victory over the 18th place money ballers from ash with a 182.1 ryan talk to me about how disappointed you are in Ash this year? Yeah, I, I think if Chow was doing a lot better or doing a bit better, I would have listed Ash as my most disappointing team. I feel like every year he has a really, really good base. Like his team, in terms of like stars or players that like other teams would want, is stacked, at least top heavy. And every single year, I, I was looking at his team last week, and like his bullpen is just absolutely atrocious. But he's not making the moves. He's not. He's not adding starters. Like he has to be more involved, um, and at least get seven starts in this week. I know it wasn't particularly close, but to end the week with six starts is is just not acceptable in uh, in this league, especially when you know you're you're, you're trying to stay above five hundred. It was a massive week, and you know even we look at this team, his stars, the guys he expects to put up close to 20 points, at least they, they got that. So it's just the depth and, and maybe somewhat the lack of attention to other parts of his team. That's kind of dropping him a little bit. Cause if I was Ash, I'd be doing my best to add relievers right now, but uh, kudos to you. You had a, you had a solid week and you took down, I guess somewhat of an easier opponent this week, but uh, it was a big win for you and you know, a big loss for Ash. So, Jeremiah, any fear in your eyes if you might be staring at me across that matchup in uh, round two, we'll say, of Europa? 
I, you know what? I actually, if you gave me, so uh, Chris is nine, Squirtle Squad's 10, you're 11. I actually think you have yeah. the best chance of making the playoffs of those three teams um, as currently constituted. So, yeah, I would be concerned if you were my second round <laughs> Europa matchup. I, I really do think your team probably doesn't belong uh, in Europa, or if it does, it's it's the, ni- the top entry. Um, so I think, you know, like Max Muncy uh, has cooled off a little bit, but like Christian Walker has basically stepped in to replace that production. Uh, Josh Young, Cattell Marte, I could tell Marte right after I trade him has been awesome. Uh, you're getting the Jeremiah bump there. Uh, so the bats have been fantastic. The pitching has come along surprisingly. I, I am not an advocate of your pitching staff, but you know what? Like Barrios had a good start. Uh, you're welcome. Zach Eflin has been amazing. So you know what? I, I I think your team, honestly, maybe a tweak away from being a top eight talent. All right. Well, only time will tell. But before we get to that time, let's get to our final matchup of the week. Uh, Unfortunately, this was the one to kind of forget as we've got the 14th place team facing off against the 19th place team. But still, Jeffrey's penis uh, ended up pulling out a win uh, over the man, uh, 221.4 to 186.6. Jeremiah, you have been down on Nick since day one. What more is there to say? Nothing. I mean, why be in on him? Like, I, I've i maintained the same tune all year. I, I, Nick is not going to get more than two or three wins this year. You can mark it down. His team is not very good. Nick has no energy to manage the team, right? Like, we all joke that he quit the league. Ah, ha, ha, funny. There was some truth to the fact that he is really busy and his life is picking up. I don't think he's really invested in this league anymore. And I think that's fine, but let's not heap any expectation on the guy. He's not very good. All right. And on the flip side, Ryan, uh, what are your thoughts on Jeffrey? Uh, Does the penis have a chance to rise up? (laughs) Hey, guys, I love those jokes every single week. (laughs) But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's still a bit flaccid. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hey, two and three, it's, it's not a bad record. Uh, picking up Varsho is probably a, a good ad for him, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he could use some Viagra to, to pick up his team, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too too high on Lim at the moment. Fair enough. Well, gentlemen, that, that wraps up the week five review. Uh, before we get into revealing the results of the picks, any last comments for this week five? No. I think I just want to add on that. Uh, I think uh, with Nick having somewhat of a, a down year, it just shows how hard it is to maintain a good team year after year in, in this league and, I guess, in, in fantasy baseball in general just because of the, the wide variations of different players' performance year over year and, and many different factors. You know, so the, it's it's pretty pretty telling when, you know, the, the champion from last year is now 0-5 and, and – is not showing much life at all, but uh, yeah, it's the kind of the beauty of the league is that like, you know, out with the old and with the new, and there seems to be a, a new refreshing team every single year that, that challenges for the playoffs challenges for the championship. And uh, it's, it's beautiful to see. So it's, it's hard to keep a strong team at the top of the, of the league year after year. Jeremiah, are we supposed to take that as anything more than a humble brag from Ryan? No, I don't think so. I think okay. it's exactly what it is. Okay. I think we should take it as that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll just call the humble brag for what it is, and uh, we'll thank Ryan for his <laughs> his contribution on uh, and insight on how hard it is to keep a team at the top of the league. Well, with that, it's time to reveal uh, the picks this week. Uh, it turns out that despite uh, Jeremiah's claims that he sees me as being one of the, the playoff teams. He actually picked Ash this week. I picked myself. Uh, so I got a plus one on that. However, I was higher on Graham than the raccoons. So Jeremiah got that one back. Otherwise we actually had six points each uh, this week. Both of us on penis, Aiden, Tillo and the mad King and RKR as well. And then both being wrong on Jamil, the Squirtle Squad, and Stads. So uh, no change, no movement this week. A bit of a push all in all. Jeremiah, you still are up 32 to 31. Uh, bring the trash, my friend. <laughs> well, this I was trying to think of our records, actually. No trash. But we've made, what, 50 picks? So we're 32 and 18 and 31 and 19, respectively. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're certainly, we're winning more than we're losing. We just look real dumb doing it. And I suppose that's where some of the value and the fun comes in. Uh, the other thing that we like to do in this show is we, tied, we try to talk either about articles that were written or trades. Uh, which would you like to talk about today, Jeremiah, an article or a trade? Uh, I was going to say surprise me. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared to surprise me? Well, I'm always prepared to surprise you. It's what I okay. do. So we're going to talk about this trade. Is there any value in Tyler Freeman still? This man has been bounced around to a number of teams and is still, despite being a very talented shortstop in the Cleveland minor system, he's now been traded for a middle relief guy in Andrew Chafin. No, I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't understand the deal. Ryan, any insight? I don't get it. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I know Tyler Freeman is having a good year in the minors. Uh, I don't think he really has star-level potential any longer, but uh, perhaps they see value that uh, we don't see in him. Uh, in regards to Chafin, I, I'm not sure he's really a big loss anyways. Uh, I, I'm not super duper high on him. So perhaps getting a prospect who was recently called up is having a decent year in the minors. Uh, you know, it, it a process a prospect and maybe he can turn him into something valuable either way. So I, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this trade is kind of underwhelming, but uh, maybe both teams get what they want. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, my, my takeaway for what it's worth is that Brent Suter and Andrew Chafin are basically pushes. I actually have Freeman as being something of the uh, the prize on this one, simply because the game has changed. And Tyler Freeman is a speed-first, glove-first kind of a shortstop with a high-contact ability. And it turns out that those are the guys that are doing really, really well these years. And on Cleveland, which is going to allow him to highlight those exact aspects, when he does tap into that 20, 25 home run power at his peak, it'll just fit in like gravy. So I'm actually kind of impressed with it, but that's just me. But I'm not the one writing trade articles anymore. Our man Jeremiah has stepped up. And you see, when I asked him whether he wanted to talk about a trade or an article, he had the opportunity to take that as a segue to talk about <laughs> his trade article. But we'll, we'll forgive him on that. Jeremiah, anything you'd like to uh, sort of talk about with respect to the article that you gave us this week? Well, I mean, obviously it was biased. I didn't cover any 
a lot of the trades that went down. I picked some of the ones that I thought were, were most impactful. And yeah, most of those involved myself because I've been wheeling and dealing. Um, and I obviously give my perspective on these deals, um, which might be kinder or different than what a lot of the league holds. So I, that's why I'm kind of really glad we had Ryan on the show. And I think a lot of the point of having him on the show is uh, so he can defend himself against you and your irrational take of his Gunnar Henderson trade. Um, because as you saw, when I graded it out, I actually thought he did excellent. And I think the stats back that up, especially with how Matt Olson in particular has been performing. So I don't know if you would like to walk back your statements, if you're going to double down. I'm curious on your position. Well, the interesting thing about a doubling down is that it also allows for tripling down and home running it down. Let's be fair. <laughs> there is no two ways about it. This deal is still a panic move by Neeson. His point total this week proves it. Putting up a 180-point difference over his competitor shows that he had more than ample time and opportunity to wait on Gunnar Henderson, to wait on Tristan Cassis. And if he was really tired of either one of them, move one instead of both. Matt Olson is not the big get that everybody wants him to be. Taylor Ward is garbage. Yiner Cano is just <laughs> another bullpen arm. And sure, there's no reason that that get is should cost Gunnar Henderson or Tristan Cassis combined uh, unless uh, somebody's panicking. And so, Neeson, I am still saying the timing was wrong and you jumped the gun and the panic is showing. Yeah, I, I honestly, when we talked about it after the trade happened, I definitely saw the points you had. I think it's funny how Jeremiah made a trade with me. You would think he wanted to just like agree with you and be like, oh, yeah, I scammed him, but he's defending me, which is pretty funny. Now I'm on the show to defend me again and probably have, he'll have my back in this. But uh, no, I, I think you have a genuinely good point. And it, it, whatever you said or everything you told me or everything you said uh, on the podcast last week, I gave the exact same thought before I did the trade and I, I really balanced it out in my head. And I, I know that again, I'm five and zero, oh, but in my mind, it was an opportunity to get better this year. I, I get players. I like that are under 30. Uh, I think Cano is getting a lot of hype. I don't think he's just another reliever. He's now the 10th best reliever in baseball. If you can keep it up, obviously, you know, that's amazing for me. If he kind of falls off and becomes nothing like a lot of relievers do, after a hot streak, well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, to, I think if you don't see Matt Olson as the player I see him as, which is like a top 40, 50 fantasy player, you know, uh, a, a, the, probably a top three first baseman in baseball, you're, you're never going to think this trade was good. But, like, again, like today, Matt Olson's putting up 11 points. He has been the best first baseman in baseball. And even if I'm winning all these matchups – you're playing the odds by trying to become the best team you can possibly be. So uh, maybe I jumped the gun. I, I, I know Jeremiah offered me many different versions of this trade where I kept Cassis or I, I maybe, um, you know, was able to get a different kind of return for Henderson. But to me, this trade offered the most upside and Hey, I could look stupid as heck if Henderson becomes like super hot in the next couple months and wins rookie of the year and honestly, I don't think you would have found a better believer in Tristan Cassis than me the last few months. And I think that's probably why Jeremiah kind of still wanted him because I've been selling Cassis to him and the DMs for, for months. <laughs> I, I was so high on them. So, you know, in, in saying that, I weighed the pros, I weighed the cons. I think I'm a better team this year because of this deal. And it's as simple as that, that I, I got guys that are performing 
I, I know Garth, you're not high on uh, Taylor Ward. To me, his stack cast last year shows he is in the upper echelon of the players. He's a leadoff hitter for the, the, uh, the Angels. I, I am somewhat high on him as well, which is obviously part of the reason why I did this deal. Uh, I, I think that maybe it's not the, the massive win most people think it is because, you know, like Henderson and, and Cass aren't performing, but they were top 20 prospects for a reason. Like Henderson was the best prospect in baseball for a reason. So Jeremiah might act like, you know, I scammed him and he's telling me today that I should thank him for this trade. But like, realistically, he got a, a good return and, and he should be happy with what he got. I, I don't think Matt Olson would have got that kind of return from, from other teams in the league. So, you know, I, I'm, I hope he's happy. I'm, I'm still happy with the deal. Um, but I, I get the criticism. You know, I just thought that this is the year I have to win it. My team's not really getting any younger. My team's all in their prime. Again, I have an undefeated season, so, you know, I had the opportunity to do it, and, you know, after a hard-fought couple of days, I, I decided to take it, but uh, I, I think that, like, the criticism is definitely valid. You know me. I like to back up my, my statements with facts. Uh, if you were to run the numbers right now on uh, your overall point total, you are 197 points over the second-place team. Uh, just so we're on the same page, that's a win against 10 full teams this past week. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Let's let's go all in. And let's remember that uh, at the end of the season, if you lose in the first round, it doesn't really matter what your uh, what your record was. Yeah, but at, the same time, like, at the same time, though, like, let's <laughs> let's count in this other idea that is, you know what, like, maybe it doesn't matter now but the impact it could have on his team in the playoffs is basically unmeasurable, right? Like we don't know what it is right now. It could be nothing, but it could be a lot. Matt Olson could be the difference in winning a round or losing a round that he otherwise like needed to win. So if Matt Olson in September comes through for him, no one's going to question his deal. Oh, but keep in mind, I have never once said that this wasn't a trade that might not have made more sense in three or four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I, I would add one need to thing. do it now. No, the, the one thing is, is that Jeremiah was in the process of dumping his entire team. All the guys that were, I guess, above 27 or whatever. So I, I, I'm not sure I could divulge this, but like we had a, separate, a different deal the day before where I was getting Dalton Varsho. So in my mind, the trade that was available was not something that could have been available in five weeks. Or what theoretically, what if Henderson got sent down or Cass got sent down? Yeah, I I definitely did a lot of balancing out, like you know what exactly I should do. I don't think either one of them gets sent down. Like they're the teams are invested in both those players, and I'm high on both of them as well. So you know I'd be shocked if they were sent down. But uh, you know the trade as it was might not have been available for me, and I, I that that's why I took it. I you know Jeremiah did tell me it was available indefinitely. Then the next day he traded Varsho, so. You know, I, I guess maybe that was the panic in me. I was like, oh, shoot, you know, this guy this guy might trade Olsen in two days for some random other person not telling me. So, you know, it, it, I weighed the pros and cons. I, I still think I'm a better team this year. And uh, I was telling Jeremiah today that I took off to the three players I dealt. And uh, basically I, I tallied the points. And so I traded three players and I brought in three players in one week the difference between the point total was a gain for me of 37.6 points. So theoretically, if they were able to give me that one week boost in the playoffs, 37 point boost in the playoffs, that's massive. I would have beat Nick last year with that kind of 
uh, differential. So, you know, it, 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 to me, I think this really solidified me as, as the top or if not one of the top teams in the league. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Cause you know, with baseball, you just never know. And there's a lot of risk either way. So Henderson could be the best third baseman in baseball next year, or it could be sent down to the minors and we never hear from him again. I remember when Travis Snyder was like a top 15 prospect or Joe Adele was top five prospect, you know, just prospects you never know. And, and Jeremiah was offering me and what I thought was good value. So I, I, I would still do it today, even with all the criticism. Uh, and Garth, I, I agree with you. Whatever you said, you have a valid point. So I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that from my perspective, it made sense for me. All right. Fair enough. Jeremiah, I'll give you the last word on this topic because it was your article, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the question for me is more what are Cassis and Henderson going to become? Um, very excited to see. I'm not as high on Cassis as maybe Ryan is and, and you are. Um, so we'll have to see if he can string it together. But obviously it's early days. Uh, I am frustrated with their performance, but it's early days. So we will see how it goes. Um, but long term, I mean... Why don't we give last word to you? So I gave grades. I believe I gave Ryan an, an A minus. Yep. And I think I gave myself a B or a B plus. A B plus. Um, yeah. So what would you grade this trade then? I I, I thought it was pretty obvious. My for okay. me this this grade is Jeremiah A minus to an A. Ryan is somewhere in a C plus to a B minus at best. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. There we have it. And I will add one last thing is, you know what, if I have to do a B minus type of trade to, to, to win the championship, if I win the championship with a B minus kind of trade like that, I do that every day of the week. So that's my yeah. last word on it. Yeah. And we may just see that uh, it could be really hard to keep a team on top. If you trade away everything to get there one year and it's not there when you need it in the next. All right. Let's wrap this up by hitting the, bog standard week six review and picks i think we can get through this fairly quick now ryan in case you don't know uh jeremiah we as always have exchanged our picks before any of the week start however uh last week and i think i'll let him do it this week as well uh we'll uh we'll let him waffle on one but we're gonna add another another twitch to this another tweak uh and we're going to give you a little bit of interaction here ryan i'm going to tell you as we're going through our picks i'm going to give mm -hmm. you ryan the ability to change one of them you pick sounds i don't care but that we're going to make that the uh the interesting thing of having a guest speaker with us jeremiah any concerns or thoughts no no i'm good with this it's exciting let's do it all so right, I can well, change one of your picks. That's the, that's that's the right. idea. I can, okay, sounds good. Let's go. Okay. So we're going to start at the top just because that's the way my screen is. And that means, of course, we're going to be talking about me, uh, which is sometimes nice. But functionally speaking, my 11th place squad measure force is going up against the 19th 0-5 team. Uh, the man, both Jeremiah and I have picked Newton to win this. Any counters? I think realistically that uh, you should definitely get the win. That's, I think you're up 20-ish, 28 points right now. I think I think you got this. So if I was going to pick myself, I would, I would pick you. Okay. Jeremiah, is this your waffle pick? Hell no. no. Okay. 
Well, then let's move on to a uh, perhaps a more interesting matchup. Uh, the 14th place team, Penis, uh, is trying to get it up against the Illuminati, but they are failing miserably. The Illuminati right now have a 42-point lead on the back of Penis being negative 5.5. Oh, my bad, Justin, negative 6. They're going in the wrong direction. Uh, gender bender operations aside, uh, we both picked penis on this week. Does Illuminati get his first win this week? I think he could. I think he definitely could. I'm, I'm questioning the pick. I don't even know how Lim got so negative because he didn't get a penalty, right? His team just stinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah that's organic. That way. <laughs> <laughs> that's organic. Yeah. It's an organic inverse. All right, are you waffling on this one, Jeremiah? Is this your uh, your switch? No, I, we got to write. We got to stick stick this one out. I think uh, I think penis will come around. It'll it'll get it'll get up eventually. Just take some time these days. All right, and uh, Ryan, are you going to uh, swap penis's direction for either of our picks? I think I'll I'll leave that one the way they are at the moment. I think uh, both seem confident on them. I think we'll leave it there. All right, then let's move on to the next matchup. We've got the 13th place Starboys facing off against the 18th place Moneyballers. It seems like all of our early matchups here are all in the, the bottom half of the pool, but both Jeremiah and I are on Ben this week with the Starboys, which, again, I just keep shaking my head as Ben continues to disappoint me. He's down 25 points early against Ash. Jeremiah, are you flipping? No, I mean, I think, I think uh, Ben will come back. I have faith in his team coming back. It's still early times. The deficit is not insurmountable. Uh, ben is the better manager too. If someone's gonna uh, do anything they can to save the matchup, it's gonna be Ben. And you throw in the fact that Ash isn't even gonna probably get seven starts. I'm still still confident in Ben here. All right, Ryan. Any uh, any thoughts? Do you want to switch either of these picks, or uh, do you believe that your farm team will be able to hold out against Ben? I do think I will use my power and switch Jeremiah's pick to Ash. I think uh, it's about time Jeremiah roots for Ash. Gets a lot of hate from Jeremiah. So there we go, uh, Jeremiah. Your your point total is rooting for uh, Ash to win this, uh, and uh, I think I think he pulls it off. So you're welcome. I should waffle back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I God. have made the switch. I have applied the asterisk of doom as well so that we will know in perpetuity that this is not the pick that Jeremiah made, but instead the one that he was forced to take. And with that, we're going to advance to the next matchup a little bit closer in seating at the very least. Uh, we've got Aiden, seventh place team, facing off against Chow's 12th place team, as we've talked about in the past. Having those positions swapped wouldn't surprise either of us. However, both Jeremiah and I are down on Chow, and we believe that Aiden will hold this one out. Jeremiah, thoughts? No, I, I, I still think that... Uh... Something about Chow this year just doesn't line up for me. So uh, I don't think I can pick him in this matchup again. Or I don't think I can pick him against any playoff-seeded team at the moment. Ryan, anything to add? Yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope personally Chow wins this just because, uh, you know, he's one of the, the, the premier teams in the league. But uh, Aiden's kind of rocking and rolling right now. So I think I'd pick Aiden as well. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right. Well, let's advance to, again, uh, as we start getting to some of these higher-seeded teams facing off against each other this week, we've got Tillo in the fifth spot going up against Chris's ninth-place team. Both Jeremiah are on Tillo. However, right now, Chris has got a, a bit of a lead opening up here on this Tuesday night. Ryan, thoughts on this matchup? I think that uh, Till could definitely come back. But, hey, if Chris wins this, he's now 4-2. and two. I, I was going to mention before, I, I see him a lot more active on the waiver wire, picking up free agents, making moves. So, hey, maybe he surprises us and uh, kind of makes a bit more of a, a run this year than uh, he has in the past. But I think Tello could definitely come back and win this. I, I think it's his matchup to lose at the moment. Jeremiah, are you going to uh, flip your pick over to Mummy's Good Boy? No, no, I agree with Ryan. Uh, I actually haven't noticed Chris being active on the wire, so that's my bad. I think uh, maybe I'm not giving enough credit there. So props to you, Chris, but I still can't pick you. All right, there it is. Well, then let's go ahead and match up number six by my count. We've got the Mad King, our top of shop first overall, putting already a drubbing on the namesake of our league and flex. Uh, Ryan's already up 104.1 to 37.3. Now, we've both picked the Mad King, and if honestly, if uh, if Ryan were looking to sabotage anyone, this would have been the one to throw the asterisk on. But uh, Jeremiah, feeling grim about picking the Mad King on this one? How can you? I mean, I think you can. I think we agree. If we pick Ryan, we're probably going to go like 18 and 2 all season on those picks, so. All right. There you go, Ryan. You, uh, you've you now clinched an 18-2 and two record. Thoughts? <laughs> Not even possible, but I, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> it almost implies I'm going to lose my first round in like, the playoffs again, I guess. But uh, Yeah, I was going to no, say, 18-2 I... <laughs> is what you finished last year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeremiah is giving me the kiss of death here. But, uh, no, I think uh, – I think Adam would even agree this week is is probably going to go my way. But uh, hey, anything can happen in fantasy baseball. But it, it, it's looking nice so far. I'm 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 content. All right, fair enough. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit to get to the last uh, matchup that both Jeremiah and I are on the same side for, and that would be the Squirtle Squad against the big beefy baseball boys of Graham. Uh, both Jeremiah and I have picked the Squirtle Squad to take this. Jeremiah, are you flipping on this one? Are you going to go for Graham? Um, no, I no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to stick with the squad, so that means I'm actually waffling on a pick that we are different on. That's right. Um, which is which is funny, um, but yeah, no, I uh, I'm going to stick with the squad this week. All right, Ryan, are you also pro squad? Honestly, I decided a long time back that it's never a good idea to bet against Cam. So I think that uh, as much as it sucks to see Graham go from 4-0 and to 4-2, and I think that uh, I think uh, Cam's got this. The squad's going to pull off this, uh, this win. All right. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of 4-2 and two teams uh, coming out of this week, which would be a very interesting aspect if it were to happen. And we got a guarantee that one of these next two teams will be four and two coming out of it. The other one will fall to three and three as we look at the Bash Brothers against the Staddle Monsters. One of the closest matchups we have right now. They're both three and two. They're sitting number six and number eight, respectively. And basically, as close as this matchup is, uh, Jeremiah and I are on opposite sides of it. I have Jamil, Jamil, sorry. And uh, Jeremiah has, or, oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. 
I have studs and Jeremiah has RKR uh, for this. Now, personally, uh, I really went back and forth on the RKR pick. Uh, I ended up stads because Otani might get two starts this week. What are your thoughts, Jeremiah? So I didn't actually consider that, which goes to show you how much prep I put into it. But I do believe that RKR is better than what we think he is. Um, and I, my, my logic on this was that Ian has been having some down weeks recently. Uh, Vlad had been hurt. Him and Otani were not carrying the ship as they usually are. And mm-hmm. if that's not happening, I can't pick stats. All right. Be a tiebreaker for us here, Ryan. Who do you got? Jim, do you have stats or RKR? I keep trying to say the wrong matchup. Goodness me. Stats <laughs> or RKR, Ryan? I, I think I go with the hot hand, RKR. He's 1-1. One, one. He has lost the last two. I think RKR can get this off. Ian is very reliant on Otani. If it is going to be a two-star week for Otani, Maybe you can pull it off, but uh, I think RKR is a bit better depth and perhaps a better team, so I'd go with him. All right, fair enough. We're going to go to the penultimate uh, matchup here, and I was trying to hold off Jeremiah's team to the very end, but it's really hard for me to showcase a pair of one and four teams facing off, number 16 against number 17. If you don't like it, do better. But actually, this is the uh, we're also on the the opposite sides of this one as well. I've got Jamil, Jeremiah. You've taken yourself. Is this the one you waffle on? It is the one I waffle on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got to come over to the Jamil side of things. Uh, not looking so great. Uh, the starts don't really seem optimized this week, so okay. I will come over and join you on the Jamil side of life. All right. I have made that update. Ryan, thoughts on the lack of faith from the man on the podcast today? I was going to say, I find his lack of faith disturbing. Uh, I think he should <laughs> believe in his believe in his own team a bit more than that, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I, th- I think Jamil is a way better team than one and four. I'm looking now. He's lost his last three, so he was a respectable one and one before going on that run. I think he he writes the ship this week and uh, smokes Jeremiah. That's my prediction. I, I think he drops the highest point total this week. That seems to be a theme for teams that face me. Is that <laughs> they like to drop like so? Jamil's been garbage. Let's let's face it. The last couple of weeks, barely barely hit the 200 mark. In fact, it's last week he lost right 188. He'll yeah. drop like like 290 this week probably. No doubt. No doubt about okay. that. Yeah. I mean, that would be that would be interesting, and it would put a little bit of uh, of movement down in the bottom half of the pool as well, which could be uh, fun to watch. But let's go now to what is probably the matchup of the week. Uh, no offense to anyone that we've already covered, but when you've got a five and zero team facing off against a four and one team, the second place Stubby Clap Clappers going up against the fourth place Midland Raccoons. Who's going to win? Our picks are on the opposite sides. Ryan, let's hear from you first. I think only because I'm selfish and want to be the only undefeated team, I would want the Midland Raccoons to win. And I think they have a better story in the league. They joined. They kind of had their like rough start, and now they're, they're having a good competitive season. I want to see them 5-1. and one. Garth, I, I, I think I wish he was a little more active in the league, so... You know, if he, if he goes undefeated, he has uh, no ability to rub it into our faces. So I think it's time he loses his O, and uh, I think uh, I'd pick Midland Raccoons. All right, fair enough. And with that pick, you are on the side of Jeremiah. Thoughts on the Raccoons over the Clappers this week? I mean, Ryan, I don't know about you, but can you think of anybody who would bet against a two-start Marcus Stroman week? 
<laughs> no, I can't imagine that. Yeah. Done deal. Motherfucker, please. You know I did that. You know I looked at that. You know that I stared that in the face and I said, ain't no way. I don't care. I will get behind Bobachet's defense before I will select a Strowman two-start week to hold any water in that bucket. You're damned right I'm on the clappers. You're damned right they're coming out 6-0. and And to heck with both of you. Would you say that you're mad online? I'm mad live, gentlemen. Yeah. No time. No time. This is a mad live. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Those are our selections uh, for week six. Before we go, gentlemen, is there anything else that either of you would like to bring up? We'll start with you, Ryan. No, I think uh, we've pretty much covered it. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It was awesome. And uh, I look forward to hopefully being on uh, in the near future. Sounds good. I'm glad that it all worked out. Technical challenges aside, Jeremiah, thoughts yeah. going into week six? Yeah, I mean, this is awkward, Garth. Like, he's not going to be on the rest of the year, mm. and I don't want to tell him. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that, that's fair. Luckily, we can kick him off at any time and just sort of keep having our own podcast and there's not a damn thing he can do about it. That's the kind of power we wield here. I like it. Hey, big respect. I, you know what? I'm okay being a listener too. I'm a, I'm a weekly, long time listener, first time caller, right? So there it is. We'll see, yeah. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I suppose we shouldn't put too much offense on one of our top 17 listeners, eh? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to lose one of the 17. There it is. All right. Well then, gentlemen, without further ado, I would like to thank you both for hanging out with me this fine Tuesday night, talking baseball like we do. And with that, thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Ryan. I'm Garth. Good night and good fantasy.